Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, actor, comedian, and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the show. Happy Saturday, everybody. Uh, happy uh, Nerd Halen Day for everybody who's coming to the show tonight at the end. I wish I could Vegas. be there, Hal. You know, I our first. You. Oh, oh, you are. You're, you'll make it to one of the shows eventually, if, and most likely because we're bringing it to Chicago. We're God, trying to work out the fantastic. date right now, but it'll be when the weather is lovely. I promise. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so a uh, couple of things right out of right out of the gate. <clears throat> Excuse me. I will be on Joan Esposito's show on Monday, dropping in, talking about um, the politics and the whatnot, um, trying not to swear on the air, uh, you know, <laughs> using my, my Saturday skills to not uh, mess with my streaming situation then. And then, of course, um, we there's, uh, there's so much to talk about, so much to unpack. And, and every time, this was supposed to be so easy for the Republicans. Remember, let's, let's go in the Wayback Machine, to August or ju- late July, mm-hmm. maybe even before the Dobbs uh, news broke, M- you know, uh, April, right? Mar- late March. And the, and the Republicans were like, look, whoever's in power always loses seats in yep. the midterms. And we got the wind at our backs. <clears throat> uh, Biden is totally unpopular. You know, his his. Inflation is up. Russia's attacked. We're, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they were all like, this is going to this is our year. And then a couple of things happen. And then they step on their own tail a bunch of times. And then there's just everywhere they go, there's kind of a rake. And they skid through with a with a hair, you know, skin of their teeth. When, you know, holding on to the house. And that's shaky right now because again, there are five. I mean, thank goodness for uh, George Louise Dreyfus Santos. Yes, Devolder Anthony Devolder, um, which is the name he used at all LGBT events because I I don't know that's his his. That's the coolest his, thing he's done so far. That's the only thing you can prove. The only thing you can prove about him. The coolest thing is the thing he's denying the hardest. That's right. Yeah, you can pretty much guarantee that if he says absolutely never. That then then there's not only is it on tape, but he's signed a piece of paper saying this was me in this video. Like so anyway. Yeah, I mean, I love that he did that. I love that like he felt like doing that. Like it's like it's real. That's a person, and it, he's I don't know. Yeah, he's just psychotic. It's, he is. He's he's a crazy person. But it, but again, not insane, not clinically ill, just nuts. And there's got to be a distinction. I, I'm not writing be, off yeah. that this guy has some sort of pathological problem. I just think he's awful. But anyways, yeah. so this was supposed to be, again, and, and he's part and parcel to it. But this was supposed to be a time when the Republicans were, were going to seize back power and they were going to investigate the investigators. And they're What's going that? after the FBI and they're going to f- open the jails and free the Jan Sixers, you know, all the ones that. Couldn't make bail because they said, Your Honor, I did it. And if you let me out today, I'd do it again for uh-huh. America and Donald Trump, but mostly Donald Trump. Um, by the way, I have a piece of um, of the transcript from one of the Jan Sixers, the guy who put his feet on the on Pelosi's desk. Remember that guy? Um, 
Big O Barnett, that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he it's was one of the sweet. original worst ones. That's right. It's pretty sweet. But this was supposed to be a time when they're like, you know, Jim Jordan's going to be in charge of anything. He might even be speaker. They might even have yeah. Marge Green sidecarring as speaker. They're, you know, they're, they're going to run away with it. It's not not only is Kevin McCarthy, you know, at, at, in his belief in August or April, depending on when his fantasy started happening, was going to have like just glide into control yeah. of the House. But he was going to have such an overwhelming majority that they wouldn't have to take any guff from Democrats at all. They could just if you want anything to pass you got to come through me. That was the whole thing. Now he is literally getting uh, he's, he's getting cussed out by the most reliable Republicans in the House, people who have been really? reelected multiple times on the floor, F-bombs and all. And um, and and it, but, you know, don't it's not nothing's going to break their stride. Ain't nothing going to slow them down, except. No, no. Um, the there there were reports coming out last week that the White House, um, specifically Biden and Harris and and, and the I've, upper. I know I'm totally interrupting you. Yes. but there have been some super chats. How Vickery oh, mercy. amazing, of course. But <laughs> Angela C. Phillips Mills just said that Trump is giving the eulogy at Diamond's funeral. Yes, he is. Yes, okay. that's true. All right. All right yeah, so yeah. back to our regularly and, scheduled rant. And. He it, it's going to be sweet because he has already truth socialed that he that he believes her heart gave out because she was heartbroken literally over the 2020 election and the fact that he lost. So the Aww. eulogy is going to be a bunch of self-involved magic. Imagine. Least, I hope it's about yeah. him. Oh, oh, it can't not be. But he, imagine, you know, when he steamrolls a wedding or any of those things at Mar-a-Lago. Imagine that. But there's a casket like I. Uh. Ugh. All right. So. So anyways, this is supposed to be smooth sailing. This was all spo- it was all going to go so well for them. And now there are these reports coming out that the White House is literally having giggle fits. The. <laughs> the kind that I have on my live stream at times about the idea that Marge and Lauren Boebert and Jim Jordan and all these people think they run the place now because they're going to be on these committees and they're going to be clamoring around, not knowing that um, a clamoring on a committee doesn't result in legislation unless you actually do your homework, which none of them do. Secondly, you have to actually write up a bill that will actually pass even beyond your caucus, much less your entire party with that slim a margin, you're going to need Democrats on board for almost anything that they would throw out. And it's just an absurdity. And then the the George Santos thing is sort of the gift that keeps on giving. It, it sincerely is, will not quit. It is. I, I, every time we think he can't sort of top the Republican like everything that they consider good about themselves being successful Mm -hmm. business people. He lied about that being, you know, from an elite institution, but being people of the people lied about having two knee replacements, like volleyball, (laughs) having, yes, (coughs) winning gold medals, participation trophies and, you know, or, or stolen valor. And then we get to, uh, you know, the, the worst I would say for me, and this is as someone who is not Jewish and, and not even in yeah. quotes 
Jew dash ish. I uh, like I would <laughs> never claim in the zone of it, but I found you are Jewish. Was I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. Um, I found that the the thing that I found most atrocious of all the garbage that he has said. Now, the the story about him taking money from a veteran who was trying to raise money for his dog that was dying is awful. And, you know, and the murky story, the intentionally hidden aspects of it, keep it kind of off the table. But that's just yeah, horrifying. I want to be but, all in on that one, but it's got too many um, moving parts. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's like, oh, and that, it's like, and we'll say it's a veteran. Like, it's yes, too much. In uh, the the one standout detail in that one that really I, 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 don't, I don't know why, but that in particular I found the most grotesque, where which was was he used that Jaworski name on it uh, on the, one of these GoFundMe's because he said to his friend, "It Jews will give you more money if they think you're a Jew." And it's I gotta say, it, hmm. it, it, we don't know if that's a direct quote, but it seems to be because there wasn't the use of Jewish in that mix. It seems like. Hmm. He's hitting the hard W on that one. Like some folks hit the hard R, you know what I mean? He seems to be. Yeah, right. And I, that one, I was like, all right, F this dude. Like at a certain point it was like charmingly gross, you know, like, ah, he's not our problem. He's he's a Republican. Yeah, it's like, oh, let's let's keep that that weird fire burning. They can flush their own floaters. But then it, it got, that's where it like, there was a line that I wasn't aware existed in this stuff. And I was like, that's just awful. That's, yeah. that is classic anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish trope about mm-hmm. it, it. Like that's, you know, that's the huckster storyline that's been around. Like it's gross. It's just yeah. like, you just read it and you're like, Oh no, you're, you are. Now I know officially you're not just a creep. You're a genuinely awful human being. But the but the that rolled by like a minor speed bump to the yeah. Republicans. Like that that came and went as far as it. But it seems that ultimately, long form, the thing that's going to take him down, and the thing that actually spiked the number of calls. If you look at the number of calls for his, uh, you know, stepping down or a new election or for him to resign, they peaked. After it came out that he was doing drag in Brazil on the regular. That's what really upset them. As opposed to a one-off like Rudy Giuliani, that it was a regular thing, that he had a drag name and everything. And by the way, some people are calling him a drag queen. No, no, no. Anthony DeVolder slash George Santos slash whoever the hell he is, is not a drag queen. Drag queens put put in work. It's a career. Just doing drag doesn't make you a drag queen any more than I suppose just doing porn makes you a porn star. That that right, name, yeah. I, I get thrown it's a around quick leap a lot. I, I, that I don't appreciate for the people who really put in the uh, the legwork. Yes, who've got yes, who've got a career that spans an awkward number of years. And the same thing <laughs> is true of like <laughs> drag queens, like the you know the regular shows, the ginormous outfits that you know give old Vegas showgirls a run for their money, you know, headdresses that will give you neck problems later the in life. Makeup you know? is like borderline kabuki. It is amazing. Yes, it is. And and so uh for the record, I'm just drawing this line here. This is my own personal line. Uh uh stop people need to stop saying that he was a drag queen. He did drag. 
drag queens work for a living. This guy is a hanger on. Yeah. And and by the way, he, as of this week, is sort of the least of the Republicans' problems. We got to take a break. When we come back, um, did you hear about the new documentary that just dropped at the last minute Ooh. at Sundance? Johnny Million? No. I bet you didn't. Well, you're about to. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Watch Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPT Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk, 773 763 Next hour, Philip Bittner will be joining joining us from uh, Ukraine, and there's a lot going on there. Thanks for the memories. We'll be back. <laughs> Welcome back to the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. So we got we got news last year that uh, the Jim Jordan OSU uh, uh, sexual abuse story was coming out, um, helmed by George Clooney, who you know was um, in uh, Never Too Young to Die with Gene Simmons. So always bringing it back yeah. to. There you go. Um, our kiss situation. Yeah, that's right. Early, early acting. Situation. The, yeah, for the young George Clooney. And uh, and by the way, he looks fantastic these days. Um, it's annoying. Um, but he he he. You know this this has been lurking in the background, making Jim Jordan nervous for quite some time. And it's not going to be pretty once it gets out. This will be because there have been written stories about this. There have been some people who've done a few maybe YouTube videos about it. There's been talk about it in the news on a on a low res level, but no real deep dives that I have seen anyways, uh, other than I mean, I'm sure someone has done an hour long YouTube video somewhere on it. But it's that kind of thing buried in the billions of hours that get uploaded to YouTube every week. But this is a big step forward. The, the Clooney documentary about Jim Jordan bought by HBO premiered at Sundance and then at the last minute. This Kavanaugh documentary called Justice uh, by Doug Lyman drops at uh, it, it wasn't originally, I don't believe, in the lineup to be screened and was a last minute entry to Sundance about um, not only the, um, you know, the women that came forward, but the other stories in the background that, of, of, you know, quite frankly, victims who were afraid to come forward, partly because they saw what had happened and yeah. also because as he grew as a judge, he was getting more and more power, and that scared them. Um, and especially because of the, you know, the divisive nature of the right, that they, because they, the, the, there's a certain segment of the pro-life movement that believes in a scorched earth idea that anybody's that's in, in between, as long as he goes there and does this one thing, yep. overturns like Roe v. Wade, just yeah. like not coming up or not speaking out against Trump or Santos or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, the, the, as long as he's doing this, um, they will back him in any circumstance. And so this one in particular, um, I believe is the, um, I mean, uh, there were a lot of people, by the way, um, that were there at the, at the screen that were, you know, uh, again, aware that this was a like last minute edition. Um, and, it was, you know, it was a it was a big deal in catch up. This is from this is a Daily Beast's article on this. Um, we're talking about like obviously Christine Blasey Ford. Everybody was aware of what she did and her testimony and and how much uh, you know flack she caught. And another of her uh, and you know how she's like a huge rich celebrity now that she came out and did that. Right. You know, she, she got what she for wanted. The money. 
Absolutely. Yeah. She's got that e-reality show and yeah. she got, you know, sponsorships, all the things you get when you come forward and tell a really uncomfortable story from uh, your youth that when you're trying to warn people that uh, they might be putting a bad guy into a lifetime appointment. Um, Deborah Ramirez was another classmate of his. Um, but apparently one of the most damning parts of it is a uh, never before heard record audio recording made by one of Kavanaugh's Yale colleagues, and this is from the Daily Beast article, Partnership for Public Service President and CEO Max Steyer, that not only corroborates Ramirez's charges, but suggests that Kavanaugh violated another unnamed woman as well. A last-minute addition to Sundance's film festival, Justice, is the first feature documentary held by Lyman, um, who did Swingers and The Born Identity and, uh, and Edge of Tomorrow, which is one of my favorite sci-fi films uh, I think it's the best sci-fi film of the last 30 years. I'm just saying. His latest is um, – I'm going there. It, um, uh, let's see. Um, yeah, the biggest – yeah, the biggest new bombshell in it is that audio recording. Um, midway through, um, um, he received – Lyman, while he was filming it, received this tip that there was an anonymous individual who provided a tape made by Steyer shortly after the FBI um, – compelled by Ford's courageous and heart-rending uh, testimony, this again from the Daily Beast, uh, before the Gen- uh, Senate Judiciary Committee, briefly reopened its investigation into the embattled then nominee, uh, Kavanaugh. Because it's really, the, the documentary itself seems to be really about how the FBI didn't do its due diligence for fear of crossing Trump and the other folks. For all this weaponization of the Justice Department, um, what we're finding is that during the Trump administration, it was... They just slammed the brakes anywhere it would cause them trouble. Um, that's how the ju- that's how Trump's Justice Department handled most things. Because investigating something takes activity, it takes money, it takes focus, it takes a long time, it takes a lot of due diligence, and stomping on the brakes doesn't. So steering people away from stuff or or falsely prioritizing things and that stuff is a, is a much easier way for people to steer people away from your troubles. Which, by the way, in terms of the Biden docs case, for example, the Biden administration is doing none of that. They're not opposing a special counsel. They're cooperating fully. They're not telling the FBI, don't look under that thing. They're t- right. like they're literally sending lawyers to all these places and going, here's everything that we can find. They gave I thought it was especially telling that when you hear about the Penn story initially, which started this whole thing, that when they found some documents that they saw were classified, they took all the boxes that were in that locked closet and just gave those boxes to Nara. They didn't take stuff out or go through it themselves looking for classified documents. They just said, if there's a chance I can have my eyes on some classified stuff, I don't even want to risk that. And they just gave the boxes over for Nara to sort through. And then you can give us back anything that, you know, is a problem. And it ends up being like five pages of stuff that were not top secret. They were just old fashioned classified. And God knows if that classification marking still mattered you know, eight to 10 years later, whenever they were made. But um, Steyer goes on to explain that though he didn't know Ramirez, he had heard from classmates about her separate, eerily similar uh, encounter with Kavanaugh, which uh, she personally describes injustice. She gives a breakdown of what happened. According to Ramirez, an intoxicated Kavanaugh exposed himself right in front of her face in college. And then she uh, um, suppressed certain memories of the aspects of this trauma until she was contacted by the New York, uh, the New Yorkers, Ronan Farrow. Um, she, she talks about it. It's just uh, apparently very heartbreaking. I haven't seen it yet because, again, this just broke. But again, uh, but this will this is going to get bought up. It's going to it's going to probably, you know, be a double feature at this point on um, 
on HBO by the standard. And again, this was supposed to be a time, and it is the number, Brett Kavanaugh um, this morning was the number one thing trending on, no. on Twitter right out of the gate. You know what the second thing was? Ivermectin. That's how smoothly it's all going for Republicans right now. And why? You know why ivermectin is trending? Because Tucker Carlson is making the case that uh, nicotine is better for you than THC. And it's been it's basically a government plot to make you soft headed to get people to stop smoking cigarettes, which makes you a rugged individual and start smoking pot, which makes you a poor headed idiot. And that's and because of that. Republicans, like all the the accounts that were bounced, the fake bot accounts and their support, you know, paid overseas accounts that were carrying these kind of ivermectin stories and that nonsense, mm-hmm. all of all, you know, all during Trump um, and then were bounced off Twitter are all back now. So they're all going. They were wrong about nicotine and ivermectin and the jab and blah, blah, blah. Um, it uh, it's it's fascinating. And again, this was supposed to be a coasting time for the Republicans. They're supposed to, they're setting up committees. They're going to investigate the investigators. This is the, you know, everything's fixed. Everything's better now. And we're, Mm -hmm. and promises made, promises kept, which involve what? What have been, what have been the big promises kept right out of the gate? Well, the rules that they passed said, among other things, that everybody has to be, present for the amendment process of any bill that gets put on the floor and they have a good, robust debate about it. And you got to wait 72 hours to post a bill anyways to put it up for a vote. So everybody has time to read it. Right. And what happened? They voted on the rules. And then minutes later, which I guess you could say 72 hours contains a lot of minutes later, but uh, minutes later, the same day, they voted on their repeal of the IRS agents, the uh, yeah, like yeah. All, all like these three or four, you know, just like namesake bills that they've been arguing that they should get a vote for. And understand many, many times I think people jump at their gut reaction to a lot of these things uh, feels right, but is wrong. And the idea is, is that, oh, my God, he's giving them everything they want right out of the gate. And certainly Scott Perry and and Marge and Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates all seem to believe this when Monday night after the rules package, they started voting on these things. But I'm here to tell you that on their for their count, it was a win win to some degree, because from the Freedom Caucasians crowd <laughs> idea like they're. They're getting the vote on it was them, you know, printing an ad for themselves. I stood strong and didn't vote for McCarthy until he promised this. And we got what I promised. Right. Right out of the gate on Monday night after the vote, when everybody had tuned out in McCarthy's case, those votes happened and they're done. They're not happening again. They happened in the first two hours and there's not going to be another shot at that stuff. So he got them off his back, satisfied that one thing, mainly to get it off his plate. So while, the you know, Lauren Boebert and that crowd are patting themselves on the back for getting the vote they demanded, those votes, A, aren't going anywhere, would never make it through the Senate or the White House, of course, but they wouldn't even pass a full vote. Um, they, didn't, they didn't successfully pass the House. 
Um, so McCarthy got to basically stiff arm these guys by giving them everything they want and ultimately shutting them up because they only wanted six things and it all happened in two days. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're going to stop clamoring, but it's kind of hilarious. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. You're locked into the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back to the show. So um, I, you know, I got a, I got a, a big soft spot for the idiocy of the Jan Sixers that are still in jail. Because do you know how violent, stupid, belligerent, and self-involved you have to be to still be in jail from your yeah, Jan Six attack? Right? The number of people who walked away. maybe avoided full charges, much less had to go through the process of being arrested or go through a bail hearing at all is frigging amazing. And many of the people who were in there had a, a, you know, they uh, had a buddy with them. They had somebody, two or three people. uh, There were fathers and sons. There were sorority sisters. There were all these people who had somebody right next to them. That person went home. Never got charged, didn't have to have an ankle monitor, released on their own recognizance, probably will never be charged. And all they had to do was stand in front of a judge and go, Your Honor, I'm sorry, I got swept up. I didn't mean to do anything and I didn't engage in any violence. And and if I did, it's because I thought I I thought they were UN shock troops. I watch a lot of Alex Jones and I'm not watching that guy anymore. And even if whether it was true or not, whether you were just lying your butt off to the judge. They're like, ah, oh, thanks for showing up at least. Clack, you're free to go. Yeah. So to get like put in the D.C. jail and kept there during, you know, to awaiting trial, you had to spit on guards and say you're giving them the, you know, COVID and 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 saying, if you know, Jesus. yelling at the judge and swearing at them and saying, if if you let me out today, I'll march right up there and put a, you know, a bullet in Pelosi's dome, that kind of stuff. That's what oh these folks God. said at their bail hearings. Really? At their bail. Again, thank God these the people who tried to pull off Jan 6 were this stupid. Now, speaking of this stupid, um, there, remember uh, uh, big, old Bar- big Old Barnett, Big Anus Barnett, the guy who put his, put his feet, feet up, up on. Yeah. yeah, right. And and then wrote Nancy Pelosi a note calling her a B-atch. And uh, tried to um, tried to trademark the note to make money off of it, so he could take a he took a picture of the note and he was going to like put it on T shirts and trademark uh, it so he uh, could make neat, money neat, off neat. of it. Yeah, that guy <clears throat> uh, is is on trial this week. As uh, by the way, as is Elon Musk. Another story coming up, which is uh, so choice, but um, the. Uh, this is this is I think I mean, there's a lot of stupid stuff that he said during it because he got very mad. He he swore his, his he's hoping, according to his testimony, that the jury lets him go because they just realized he was an effing idiot. Yeah. That's his defense. I was an effing idiot. And I hope they realize I know I was an effing idiot. And now I want to go home, even though during his bail hearing and all the stuff, which they also get to hear. Uh, he's been, you know, saying, "Guy, do it again." But this is from the prosecutor. You love the Constitution, Barnett. Love it, prosecutor. <laughs> First Amendment, Big O. Yes, prosecutor. Second Amendment, Big O. Yes, prosecutor. Love the Third Amendment, 
Bingo. Yes, prosecutor. What's the Third Amendment? Bingo. I don't know. I don't know. That's exactly right. That is a direct quote. I don't know. It's that's that is the quality of the foot soldiers, the the armchair generals, the uh, Twitterati surrounding the Jan six attack on the Capitol. That is the brain trust that tried to carry out a coup against the the biggest, uh, arguably the, the the biggest government institution on the planet. And uh, why it was doomed to fail. Because uh, what's the Third Amendment? I don't know. Um, and by the way, that was a part of an exchange where they were telling him, they were, they were asking him about his propensity to exaggerate and, and brag about his, uh, you know, his patriotism. Um, and That's not the way to do it. No, that is... Not the way to do it. Um, but yeah, his note said Nancy Bigo was here. Um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He yeah he was that's the one he was going to copyright. So this is uh, as as we go forward, understand that um, Jan six on uh, two fronts. I want to reassure people of two things. Um, <laughs> uh, number one, it was doomed to fail from the start because of the idiots running it, including Steve Bannon, who's probably the smartest of the people there, but is so self-involved and has so many divergent um, outcomes that he can benefit from that he was never on track to support Trump or Roger Stone because he benefits right. if it fails or it succeeds. So when you have somebody on your team that where it doesn't matter if you win or lose, like it's it's almost like, you, a guy who bets on his team to win, who's playing on your team. He bet on the team to win, but he's also being paid by the mob to, sh- to shave points. So, right? So he he's going to get a hundred grand payout whether you win or lose. He can throw the fight or, you know, throw the game or he can win. It doesn't matter. That guy is the, the worst person to rely on in a circumstance. Even then, like a dumber, uh, like a, uh, like a dumber um, true believer, because at least they'll they'll you know they're like the Energizer Bunny. They, just as long as you point them in the right direction, they'll make a mess whichever direction you want them to. Like Big O and these other idiots yeah. in Jan Six. But Bannon himself, and I've watched him multiple times, laugh in Mike Pillow's face <laughs> as Mike Pillow talks about you know a Dominion and and the election lawsuits and all that not? kind of stuff. Because uh, well. I would think if he's paying for your show because Bannon show is uh-huh. on the Lindell TV network. And even when it isn't, it's paid for by my pillow ads. You'd think he would uh, be a little deferential and try to hold it down, but we've seen it multiple times. Now, um, <clears throat> the it, it's, uh, there's, there's so much to this, like, like there's been so many people worrying about the fact that the insurrectionists are now on the oversight committee. Lauren Boebert and and Matt Gates and Matt and Marge Green, the you know now, who's by the way now stiff arming QAnon. What? Which is yeah, oh yeah, she was on. She was I I I believed a lot of things I saw on the internet, which is what you want from an elected official. Uh, um, no, yeah, she is now backing away from that. And you cannot do that without a cost. You're, you're yeah. not allowed. You can't just 
work that plantation and walk off the field one day. They're not going <laughs> to let you. You can think you work there free and clear. You do not. That's that's a piper no one wants to pay. Those people are frigging crazy. Look, there oh, are boy. there are you know faux aggressive, fake leftist, you know anti democratic people who view themselves as progressive Dems who crap talk people and and malign and undermine voting on the Democratic side. They're they're a pain. They're gross. They're you know the the tanky crowd that we've seen many times who. Uh, allegedly are left-leaning, but somehow always managed to support um, right. Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping, right? That crowd. But none of them are armed, <laughs> right? None of them are the kind of lunatics that show up at the FBI field office in Cincinnati with a gun or a, a body armor and a taser. As That's bad as they are, and they are bad, they, you know, they suck, but I'm not, none of us are afraid of them. You know, it's 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 a conversation. It can be an argument. It's a it's a you know a mess to deal with sometimes. But it never breaks towards physical violence anymore. Maybe it did when the weather underground was around, or you know, you can make an argument about the Unabomber being that way. But not anymore. Certainly not the crowd we're dealing with these days, and certainly not the millennial group of them. That's not where the Republicans are, and that's not where Marge Green finds herself. Because the people that she is stiff arming, and even even Trump, like if you listen to how Alex, I mean Alex Jones called Trump autistic this week because of his support of vaccines. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. Um, so uh, I thought, and I thought their line was vaccines cause autism, and apparently it's the other way around that autism causes vaccines. I I guess it's an ABBA logic that you can't escape. That said. Um, as she tries to move away and as Trump, you know, you can see how Trump got booed at his own rallies supporting the vaccines. This and I, I would like to remind everyone again, the theme of this hour is that this was supposed to be smooth sailing. Yeah, this was supposed to be the red wave would be followed up by the 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 true freedom caucus taking over these com- committees. And there's going to be a church level committee to look at. The, the intelligence community talking to they're going to go over the Twitter files and I don't know, and and find uh, nothing. Actually, they're going to find uh, a bunch, a bunch of nonsense. Um, but and by the way, T.O.H.O., I thank you for the gifted subs, by the way. Lovely. We got uh-huh. a bunch of those in there. Yeah. And she also uh, they also gave a um, um, a super chat as well. Thank you for that. And Brian, thank you. Why is it there? No repercussions to people who. Uh, lie to obtain their job. If you lied once in any job application, your dismissal would be instant. It's a good question. I'll tell you why. Because you're not the employer, right? Well, and the employer is the collective voter in this situation. And on the Republican side, they have already said they don't care. They consider it a plus. Never mind the fact that uh, George Santos has, here's the other part. Here's the, uh, as we go into the, the, the next break, Santos is now claiming, or at least claimed in April of last year, before the primary, that he has dual citizenship in Brazil and the United States, which means his marriage to a Brazilian woman was who lives in the United States was a green card arrangement 
because not only did he, you know, they divorced as soon as the time period was up um, and he was arguably paid for it. She didn't live in the house with him. She lived in an, uh, in Astoria or something like that. But he also talked to a, another gay friend of his who also described him as crazy and said, um, I hope that's how you said, describe me, Hal. Uh, no, no, I use wacky a lot. It covers a <laughs> yeah. lot of ground. Oh, Johnny, he's a wackadoo. He's a wackadoo. But um, but yeah. So Santos, Santos tried to talk one of his other gay friends into marrying a Brazilian woman because it can be very lucrative. He said huh. for citizenship. Now, what two things do the Republicans love more in the world than drag queens and? People coming across the border illegally, yeah. especially if they marry their way in falsely, you know, to get a green card and then permanent residence. That I mean, those are those are the. I don't think this is going to come out in the church committee uh, that they're putting together. I I don't think um, uh, Marge Green on on the Homeland Security um, committee is going to bring this up anytime soon. We got to do something about these people who marry just for green cards, like George. <laughs> Um, openly admitting it, and not only openly admitting it to his friend, but telling his friend it's a good business. Um, and and again, we don't know. He claimed last year to have dual citizenship in Brazil and the United States. No word on whether that's true or not. At this point, because he said it, it's more than likely a lie. But if it is, and he hasn't said so... And he didn't let his voters know or, he, you know, uh, I'm, I'm certain that the Republicans have issues with this. Um, again, simply because he seems to be a one man smuggling operation. <laughs> oh, God, is this is and, and whatever it is, whatever you've the, the moment of shock, the pearl clutch that you may have had around George Santos, anything he said or done. Um, uh, apparently, there is no bottom or there is no top. There is just at some point I, that's uh, that wow. analogy aside. There is like at, s- at some point someone else is go- he's going to say something else or video is going to come up showing him saying something else that you're going to go. Oh, my God, that's that's that, that's that blows my mind that uh, even with the, all this other stuff. Um, and it I have to say, I'm I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. He does not represent my district, Johnny. He doesn't represent your district. No, nope. he's uh, he's oh, well, a complete waste of time to the New York three district that's got that decided to be part of the redistricting and 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 reshape itself. Knock yourself out. You guys want to solve it? Fine, but a single congressperson is never going to be sweat on on my brow ever, even when it's Marge Green or Matt Gates or something like that, because nationally zero impact. As a matter of fact, the more impact they try to have, the more they uh, take themselves off the national stage because it doesn't work that way. You can you can, you got a choice. You can cultify yourself or you can generalize yourself. If you want to go national or even statewide for Senate, you got to generalize yourself. If you over cultify yourself like Marge and like Matt Gates, the second you try to generalize, they will viciously go after you, your own people, your deepest supporters. Whether that's your job or not, whether they think you're a Trojan horse, they don't care. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's House Sports Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. 
I'm starting to understand why I don't have as much time to talk during my segments because Devin's bumpers are three minutes long. You want a quick promo, Hal? You got a quick promo, Hal. <gasps> Welcome back to the Hell's Voice Radio Program. Mega Watch, Guys, Press Talk, WZB, Dillium. Woo! Good times. Welcome back. So, um, there, uh, needless to say, in, in our, in continuing our theme of the, of the smooth sailing that they were supposed to have on, on the Republicans were supposed to have, um, one of the biggest, uh, <coughs> look at almost anything that they jump in to backing that they went all in on. Look at anything that they're like, Elon Musk, he's a genius, he's a libertarian, he's going to reveal the truth about what was going on. He's got, uh, you know, Matt Taibbi, who, uh, if, if you'll recall, the Chicago Reader did great work going over um, his old business partner's um, autobiography that he wrote when about their about his time with Matt in Russia, where Matt... Taibbi was in Russia from 92 to 97. Or no, he started, they started the exile in 97. So from 92 to 2000, essentially, Matt Taibbi was in Russia as a 22-year-old in Weird. Russia, like just like playing professional sports and writing anti-American vlogs and, and joking about expats. It's like, it's weird. Oh, cool. Anyways, that dude... Um, is has got the Twitter files. Now, those Twitter files, by the way, are being uh, doled out to him by, quote, a third party. No word mm. on who that third party is, but uh, clearly it's one of Elon Musk's uh, employees or a lawyer or somebody that Elon or Elon himself sending certain stuff like, take a look at this. Now, they have to admit the, the sort of balancing act that you know, the Trump administration and the Biden campaign both asked for things to be taken down. In the case of the Biden campaign, they asked for nude pictures of Hunter Biden, which were uh, on his phone um, that were, you know, that were leaked. That's part of the alleged laptop, which does not exist um, to be taken down, which, by the way, shouldn't be hard because they violate the terms of service that you, you right. can't post pictures. You can't post revenge porn or pictures of people naked without their consent, much less nude pictures like that. Anyways, not a not a heavy lift, not like them strong arming, you know, uh, like that's how Twitter makes its main money is revenge porn pictures. And by asking them to do it, you're denying them ad rev. Right. There was this is simply follow it's your not like they're tracking service. a private plane GPS or something. Yeah, right. Which is uh, publicly available on mm-hmm. on the FAA's website at all times, like every other plane, so that you so planes don't run into each other. <laughs> um, seems weird. Yeah, it seems weird. But uh, meanwhile, the Trump administration asking for things to be taken down was, in effect, the sitting government, a government entity that had control over you know, uh, the, the levers of the Department of Justice and others where threats from them would be meaningful to Twitter if they didn't follow. If if they didn't do what the administration said, there could be a feeling inside Twitter that something's going to happen to us because it's the government of the United States. It's the act of government. They actually have a lot of power. Now, it, the thing you find out, I think the, the clearest thing of all the Twitter files is that the, the constant redressing that Twitter on multiple occasions told the FBI and whoever else from the U S government to go pound sand. If they asked for something, 
that Twitter wasn't ready to do. They just said, nah, we don't see that. So that's fine. Which means there was no collusion, to use an old Trump phrase. There was no control point. Because if you can say no at all, you're not beholden. Anybody who's beholden to, you know, or in danger or being censored can't say no. And Twitter multiple times told the Biden uh, campaign, which was a private entity, no. And they told the Trump administration and the FBI no multiple times. End of story. The minute you can say no, you can always say no. If they're telling you something like, hey, you know, don't walk out into traffic, um, you can have the right to just go ahead and walk out in traffic, I suppose. And if you get hit, it's your ass. But it's not, they weren't trying to censor your right to free movement. They were just warning you that you're about to step into traffic. That's different than them arresting you before, for trying to cross the street legally, which is, right. th- that's the allegation of Matt Taibbi and Elon Musk. Elon Musk want people to believe that the FBI, the intelligence community, the administration, and the Biden campaign were censoring and violating the, the rights of a private company by forcing them to do things. None of that happened in any of the paper and any of it, and even if there were people there who leaned the, you know, politically leaned such a way that they had their number on this, they had their thumb on the switch and they could shut down an account because they just hated that person. Mm-hmm. I got news for you. That's true of any private company. If, if you scream a racial epithet in a restaurant, the owner or the maitre d' might decide that's fine with them. But the, the, the cook or other patrons, or somebody working in the kitchen or somebody at work in the cashier who that phrase pertains to at any time can go get that person out of here. And that's fine. That is not censoring them. That's a private situation. That's a private company and a private space, private property. And it is weird to me that while the Mark Levins of the world scream Marxism, every time the Democrats try to, make sure there's a social safety net program for Americans so that they can venture out into the financial end, so they can be entrepreneurial because they have a bigger net to catch them and they don't have to worry about their children if they want to risk starting a business or something like that. That's Marxism. That's, that's violent communism. But if, and, and what, uh, make no mistake, what the Twitter files are arguing is that, the the government has the right to do this to a private company and should do it in certain cases, but only to benefit one side. The problem that Elon Musk has and, the, and Matt Taibbi has is that the private campaign of the Biden, uh, you know, that Biden was running asked Twitter, they asked Twitter to take some things down. And in some cases they did. And in some cases they didn't. That was a violate. That was censorship of some of the things I I'm, I don't know if that qualifies that Twitter is censoring the Biden campaign by not taking down other stuff. That's how goofy this is, but it's a, it's a constant issue um, that the Republicans, again, this was part of the smooth sailing. This was supposed to set them up. This was supposed to um, the Twitter files. were going to show the world. And that's why, by the way, watch the Twitter files as they come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they get reiterated in these committee hearings. 
and there's even less of a there there. Because that's what I'm telling you right now. Looking at what's been written, both on Twitter and in the substacks, the 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 biggest red flag in all of them is the lack of evidence of control specifically. At no point did anyone say, do this or you're done from anywhere inside the, the government itself that we're aware of. Now, there may have been a situation where the Trump administration, which did have power, said that, but Elon Musk is not releasing that. That is a distinct possibility that when they look into this stuff and they insist and, and Democrats who are on that committee decide mm-hmm. we want to see all of the Twitter files that you're referencing. I want to see their conversations about, you know, posts about the Trump administration, because you say both were wiped you know, off by request. But what was the conversation like? We're only seeing the conversation coming from the Biden campaign. And that was just a, a private campaign asking for stuff. They have no control. They have no power. They're literally running for office. There is no guarantee. Biden's in office now, but there was no guarantee that he was going to win. So Twitter had no reason to fear it. As a matter of fact, they could help manipulate it the other direction if they wanted to. So uh, the more they look, this this all boils down to Arizona counties looking for uh, voter votes. Yep. Every time they look, what did they find? more Biden votes that were thrown out illegally. That's how all these committees are going to go. And it's, I I personally, like I said, there will not be enough popcorn for 2023. We'll be back. Uh, Philip Bittner is going to join us in the next hour um, from from Ukraine. And there's a, uh, there's so much stuff going on there right now. Um, It's, it's going to be hard questions. Yeah. um, we'll jump right into those uh, right away because there's so much going on. Um, it, yeah. So anyways, uh, we'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. I've had people walk out of me before, but not when I was being so charming. Video streaming at housefarms.com. Well, I don't care for you if it's a secret slug you're trowling out. Damn, us faithful, them stick. True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. Welcome back to the show. Uh, it's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, now with 100% more Johnny Million and Philip Itner. And we're live streaming at infotainmentwars.com and on twitch.tv slash houseparks, where you should subscribe and help us out and help us grow the show because you just should, because there are no angel investors on the left. There just aren't. Um, and so we're on our own. So help us out. So, um, meanwhile, um, speaking of angels, uh, Philip, thanks Aww. for joining us again. Aww. And, um, yeah. And, um, first of all, how you doing out of the gate? We've got a bunch of questions lined up. But I'm that's good. The first I'm one. good. I mean, I got a little sinus headache going on, but aside from that, I'm, I'm all right. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Could be worse. Need me to send you, need me some, some, uh, send you some, um, uh, I think it's, uh, Lingua Ching Wen, Chinese COVID medicine, yeah, or uh, or some oh, no. ivermectin, yeah, yeah. It comes. It's so fun. <laughs> the new ivermectin comes in a little plastic horse, and you move its tail. Never mind. Um, anyways, <laughs> it's kind of gross. So, uh, welcome. We have a lot of questions from the chat, um, and you know, okay, 
Yeah. So, but I, like right away, I wanted to talk about the fact, and I think the biggest move this week, the biggest from the United States standpoint, is Blinken coming out. Um, uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken coming out and, se- and declaring the Wagner Group. The United States has declared the Wagner Group a criminal enterprise, not just not a terrorist organization, but an international criminal enterprise, which brings in yeah. a whole lot of tools in terms of dealing with their funding that are more precise yep. even than terrorism, which would require direct sanctions against countries for funding them. It's more like, nah, we're just going to assume you don't know how bad they are, countries. And we're going to stop, you know, we're going to, it'll be banking that we're going after. In, not in, Interpol, it'll, op- it'll open up things for Interpol to do. It'll open up things for RFBI to do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And it's, it's correct. The Wagner mm-hmm. Group is a criminal enterprise. It clearly right. is. I mean, the yeah. fact that they draw from Russian prisons uh, for many of their soldiers is, uh, yeah. I mean, what more, ev- what more evidence do you need? That's sure. kind of a giveaway. Right, there's right. that. Uh, there's Ramstein, uh, which didn't go exactly how we'd hoped. Uh, <laughs> not the band. <laughs> oh. Not the band. Uh, the uh, the summit, the defense secretary summit. Right. Uh, Austin was on the side of the pond. Came a few days early. I'm, I'm I suspect he gave a little dressing down to the Germans, but it didn't seem to work mm-hmm. out. We've had a mm-hmm. visit today by a bunch of senators. Uh, Lindsey Graham was here um, mm-hmm. uh, with two others. He's one of the few. Uh, He's one of the Blum, few on the Blumenthal, Republican side who's uh, uh, yeah, yeah who, who still supports yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and you know, uh, there's, there's plenty to talk about. So, uh, whatever topic you'd like to dive into, I'm yeah. happy to do it, or we can take questions from the audience or whatever you want to do. Cool. Well, let's, yeah, let's grab one since we usually get caught behind the eight ball in the middle of the yeah. show trying to make up for sure. Let's, let's grab them right away because we do have a, yeah. we do have a couple that we were addressing before that I wanted to, uh, get. Johnny. Yeah, so I've got a question from Daphne Farmer. When will they stop talking about sending tanks to Ukraine and actually begin sending them? Give them the power that they need to take the eastern battles. Glory to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, well, they're going to get challengers. They're going to get the challenger, too, from the Brits. They're going to get about a squadron of them, uh, which I know doesn't sound like an impressive amount of tanks, but uh, a, a modern NATO battle tank. Uh, when put up against a Soviet or a Russian uh, mm. tank, um, is 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 a pretty that's a pretty uh, advantageous for the Ukrainians uh, on that side of the equation. And if you look at the history of uh, there's a famous battle in the Persian Gulf War called um, 73 Easting, um, and a squadron, much like the squadron of the Challengers, took out an entire division of Iraqi Soviet-made mm. tanks. So no small thing there. But the Leopard mm-hmm. 2 is what everybody really wants because there's a huge stockpile of them on the continent. And mm-hmm. uh, there are about 2,000 Leopards on the, uh, in, in Europe. Uh, the, the Finns have them, I believe. Uh, the Poles certainly have them, and that's worth discussing. Um, mm-hmm. the, they're all over the place. Cyprus has some, I believe. Uh, the, the Germans have said that they're not willing to send the leopard and because they have uh end contract um you know end of use you know contracts where we basically we'll, we'll sell you these leopards but we get to decide if you send them anywhere and they're they're not letting anybody else send their leopards 
So that's been a big problem. The polls are really ticked off about it, and they're saying we might just send our leopards, uh, no matter what Berlin has to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Germans have said we don't want to send our leopards. We don't want to let anybody else send leopards until the U.S. sends Abrams. Um, it's a bit of a spurious argument, but right. if that's the if that's where they want to plant their feet and dig in, then you know there is a growing contingent of people saying, okay, just send, uh, you know, send an Abrams, then literally one or, you know, send 10, something like that. Uh, The problem with the Abrams, the Abrams is a very sophisticated tank system. It's built around Mm -hmm. a jet engine. Uh, So it, it not only does it run on jet fuel, which is different than every other NATO battle tank, um, but because it's built around this jet engine, maintenance and upkeep are completely different. Uh, from right. from what you would have to do with any other main battle tank, everything else is diesel, um, and you know. So would you would you take down to the Jiffy Lube, uh, you know, your your Cessna? Right. Uh, no, yeah. you would not. So, uh, but if if symbolically America has to send a couple of Abrams, there's there's talk. You know, there's there are those advocating just send a couple of Abrams. You know, just put them park them in Libby. Yeah, you know the let, other thing too let is let Berlin has safe face. Put them in Poland, or whatever let Berlin them, needs. Train them on them for a period of time, and and know that because they are that different, allow them to train on them. Whether they end up being in the battle zone or not is a is sort of immaterial in that regard. That said, in the if, in if, the same kind of if that's exchange, what Schultz in Germany, if that's what Berlin needs, then fine. Whatever Berlin needs okay. to let loose the the leopard two. Um, mm-hmm. I, I myself am of, of the mind that maybe we should, you know, whatever you need. I don't know why they're being. Yeah. I have my suspicions and my concerns, but um, well, they're, they're just based they know on it's my. A, it's, they know it's a red line, so they're taking advantage of an already existing red line for no particular purpose. That's that's yeah. the easiest that's, answer. That, I think that's. Yeah. I'm hoping that's that, that of all the options out there. I'm hoping that that's the 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 concern that the Germans have. Mm-hmm. Because the history of Germany's history in Ukraine is not great. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. But look, the, the, the head of the army here, General Zaluzhny, has asked for 300 main battle tanks. That's a big right. ask. Yeah. But it's not impossible. It could be done. There's 2,000 leopards on the continent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have Abrams all over the place. I think like the UAE has like 1,100 Abrams. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, but right. look, we need to send them more armor. Absolutely, I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, from so. the uh, just so you know, just to catch people up too, from the um, the agreement this week, Canada is sending two hundred personnel carriers. Um, there, mm-hmm. uh, Sweden is sending. I think it's largest. Uh, you know, yeah. today. Yeah, that's a great. They're system. sending. Art- artillery systems and armored vehicles, and Britain is is donating six hundred missiles. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. the 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 U.S. we're sending a hundred additional fighting vehicles um, as well. Beyond mm-hmm. whether or not you know tanks come, there's still a lot going there. And and another support package came through. By the way, all of these already signed off on last year. They just have to be adjudicated by you know once the stuff is ready. Show me the list. That's the list we agreed on. That's what's getting sent, signed, and gone. So every time somebody goes, we're sending another $1.8 billion worth of stuff, 
it's from the 40 that was agreed on last year or in not we're not even at the point where they're spending the 48 that was in the 2023 budget um that's not yeah. that that won't come on that stuff won't come online till april that that the rest of the i mean it, they can rush it and the Biden administration won't drag their feet but they're all they're still implementing the stuff that's going now and that's not even involving the, the lend lease in terms of that uh, amount. So let's grab an, uh, hold on. Let me see what time. I, yeah. Well, let's take a break real quick and then we'll okay. come back with more questions sure. um, from the chat. Infotainmentwars.com and of course, twitch.tv slash Al Sparks. Fwank.com will take you there. F W A N Q.com. Maybe twitch.tv. I just forget about Al the Q. easier. It's, I mean, how do you forget about the Q? We'll be back. <laughs> how could I? How could you? Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Um, so the Azov Regiment, which was the big uh, allegedly Nazi uh, regiment that everybody was <laughs> clamoring about for a long time because there were like nine neo-Nazis in 2014. By the way, when Russia still ran the place under Yanukovych, by the way, uh, and was feeding these people in from Russia itself, don't get me started, um, and got broomed out by um, by early and, yeah. and, re- and in many ways, this, by the movement that ultimately elected street, a oh, street Jewish clashes. president. Yeah, right. Yeah, they um, had street that, cas- They had street clashes between the the authorities, the government authorities, and the Azov guys. And after that, they said, you know, nope, clean it up. So, yep. And then, yeah. and so, though the currently now, the U.S. has stopped recognizing the Azov Regiment as a terrorist organization or a neo-Nazi organization. Um, mm-hmm. It does not qualify, meet the criteria for a dangerous organization, which is the standard on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Meta and, you know, other sites. Yeah. I don't know wh- whether there's a standard on Twitter anymore at all, so it kind of doesn't matter. Um, but that allows them to have accounts on Facebook and that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, the Wagner Group, as at the same time, was classified as an uh, international criminal organization, and they lose their ability to just kind of stand around like they're a normal member of the public online, which was a major shift this week. Um, and, and again, along with that, uh, Anthony, Anthony Blinken um, showing video of North Korean arms being given to the Russians at their border, um, you know, posting that video in his press conference. Um, and, you know, we all uh, like post yellow cake and all that kind of stuff. We always take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt, but the only yeah. people denying it are North Korea themselves, which is, you know, mm. not exactly a source of, uh, you know, an, an honest player on the field. Um, I suppose Trump would run to their defense as well. So that's, oh, yeah. you know, with friends like uh, those, um, let's grab another question from the chat. Uh, if we may, sure. John. Yeah. I've got one from Jordan Mills. This was a super chat. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, have you heard about Russia moving ICBMs to Belarus and the Donbass without the nuclear warheads to fire Ukrainian cities to eat up their air defense systems and use as kinetic weapons? Uh, I have heard about that. Yeah. Um, and as right, a matter of fact, we had that. We 
We, we had uh, we had one hit us here, as a matter of fact, one that uh, was nuclear capable, but they had the warhead taken off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know if it's trying to chew up uh, Ukrainian air defense because we're getting we're constantly getting new air defense systems in. So I don't know if that's the reason or if the, the on the other end of the uh, spectrum is perhaps they're running out of, of missiles. Uh, the Russians, uh, the Russians are, you know, it's been pretty solidly reported, um, are having a serious problem with their, with their backlog of missiles. So it might be that as well. But mm-hmm. it's too early to say. Uh, it's disturbing in the least, uh, you know, not to say, <laughs> not in the least, uh, that mm-hmm. they're they're sending nuclear capable missiles at us. Um, but it's also an indication of their desperation, uh, you know, uh, and they're just they're they're all they do is take out apartment blocks. That's all, they're just big dumb, you know, mm-hmm. dumb weapons that they're just chucking or you know chucking at us. So, um, right, I, I'm not overly concerned about them. And and I do think it's it, like take it as this: imagine taking your best, most powerful weapon, gutting it. And filling it with laundry and firing it at something just to make a big yeah. boom is essentially it. And that's you know there's that, a there's a follow up comment in here yeah. where um, someone was asking they they don't know what yellow cake is. Oh, yellow cake <laughs> is what um, is what they make weaponizable uranium out of. Is the idea is that there that's a precursor to having a nuclear weapon. And so if you find mm-hmm. traces of that, more than likely they are either moving towards having a nuke. Or having a nuke, which is the, what the what the whole Colin Powell yellow cake UN thing was during the original the beginning of the Iraq War about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, which by the way didn't end up being nukes, which is the weird part, was just leftover chemical munitions that Iran and Iraq were both using on each other, which by the way neither fear using you know neither feared using at that point as long as they weren't caught and were sold to them by both sides, by Donald Rumsfeld. It's one of the reasons why, you know, he was running the company that sold that stuff, um, you know, well before. Talk about, like, everybody talks about the U.S. military-industrial complex, when in reality, it was the free floaters, like the ones that Rumsfeld was running, that actually had the impact on the world. They were just, they just sell to the highest bidder. And, And that's what, I mean, both sides were using the same chemical munitions on each other. And the idea that, like, uh, that was where the Bill Hicks joke came from, um, Iraq, incredible weapons, right. weapons, incredible weapons. How do we know? We looked at the receipt. Okay, there, <laughs> that that's a, that's specifically, he made it about the U.S. government in general, but it was specifically a, a Donald Rumsfeld joke um, in that regard, um, who went to our high school, Johnny, and who I no. and some other alumni stopped the effort to put a bust of him in front of the school, just saying. Um, I'm glad we were successful in that. Yeah, we all railed against it, and it didn't happen. Um, that said, uh, let's see. What are we doing? On, yeah, we're going on time. Let's grab another question. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a question from last week, but we had the problems with the connection from Berkeley right. Dowd. Mm-hmm. How concerned are Ukrainians about the House Republicans preventing the U.S. from sending financial and military aid? Not very. Not very. They're They're pretty savvy here about – uh, how things work in the United States, and they know that um, by the time uh, the 
if the House tries to obstruct weapons and money being sent here, that there are a whole lot of ways that that can be, um, right. you know, delayed or circumvented or waylaid or, you know, whatever, um, you know, they're not, no, they're not, they're not terribly concerned about a Republican house. No. Nice. Um, and a quick one from uh, Nick Rich 56. Does Phil have any drone cams? Do I have any drone cams? Yeah, yeah I do. I have a, I have a, yeah, I've got a, a, a drone that I took out with me to the Donbass. But the problem is using drones, um, if you're not part of the military, they really don't, they, they frown on it significantly. You, you kind of have to ask the, 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 you have to ask the commander in the region. Uh, I was out with a, uh, a missile system, a, a bunch of guys with a, uh, um, from a, uh, rocket, uh, uh, brigade and, um, I asked if I could put up my drone and the, the guy said, no, we don't, we don't want you to do that because if you connect to the satellites, they might be able to intercept it and triangulate right. and, and hit us. And I, you know, I didn't want to really get into it with, you know, well, yeah, but I can do it without, I can just do it as an RC radio controlled thing. I don't have to connect to satellites and, but it just mm-hmm. pick your battles. And that wasn't one of them that I was going to really yeah. get into it with them. But yes, I, I do have a drone. <clears throat> By the way, um, real quick. So one of the other details that came out is that we were talking la- like maybe two months ago, probably November, about the um, the number of dead, you know, the tracking the number of Russian dead um, mm-hmm. th- and, and using kind of it seemed like Russia was using the number that was pre the conscript call up. And it was about 90,000. They seem to kind of tailor out at about like like it stopped, kind of like China's 4,000 dead. Which, by the way, this week, I heard the scariest number I have ever heard out of China. That the number of COVID dead to date may be as high as 300 million. Jesus Christ. Jesus. 17 was the number, 17 million was the highest number I had heard previously. Um but there are entire districts that have lost 20 to 30% of their population. And if you extrapolate that yeah. over the entirety of a country that big, if it's anywhere close in that ballpark, that's what that number comes out to. It is horrifying, mostly in the rural areas, mostly where they don't care. But it's why, you know, it's that somebody was doing the calculation last week and it's hard to argue with 300. I mean, I, Maybe it's split the difference. It's at 160, 180, but a, a horrifying number of people just it's from still horrific. In, it's horrific, yeah. But in, in the case yeah. of the dead, since the conscripts were pulled up, since the mobilization, the 300,000, the, uh, mm-hmm. the U.S. is now estimating that the Russians have lost 188,000 soldiers and yeah. military 188,000. It's crazy. That, Crazy. In, in, I forget what did they lose in Afghanistan in in twenty years? In like ten years? Well, no, they were there. For, they were seventy nine. They were there seventy nine to eighty nine. Um, yeah. and uh, they've. I don't know exactly 12, 000, how many they lost. Fourteen thousand. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. They've 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 surpassed that in one year by yeah. a factor of you know at, 10, least, at least five. To, you know, yeah. somewhere in five or ten. Somewhere you know in that <laughs> right. ballpark. No, it's and for what? 000, for what? Right. And to and yeah. by the way, all and, and this is the initial group. This is the first stringers in a lot of ways. 
Now, whatever about Russia yeah. sending in cannon fodder and never caring, blah, blah, blah. But you certainly, if you think you're going to win, you're going to send the people in to do it. And if you think you're going to depopulate the place by screwing your way across the country and taking it like you're the Mongols, then uh, which we discussed on my show last week, then you're going to send in your youngest, most fertile, and they're the ones the first to die. So 188,000. They've lost 2,000 tanks by by their count. And this is all geolocated satellite imagery. This isn't like bravado. Mm-hmm. They're, if anything, they're only counting the ones this you can yeah, see. Yeah, this from is the not sky. a wild approximation. Yeah, no, this is no. This 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 is cal- this is you know been pretty precisely yeah. determined. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, they crunch the numbers multiple times. Yeah, it's a horrifying number of people. Well, dying. it's you know, Russia conducts war in a very different way than than the Western nations do because, well, for a variety of reasons, which you know it, it, you want to take a sociolo- sociology uh, degree in 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 what Russia does and why it does it. Um, it, uh, it it conducts war very differently than what we do, which is one of the reasons why, again, not to go back to this battle tank issue, but we do something called um, co- combined um, uh, combined combat operations, which mm-hmm. is basically we put our guys in infantry fighting vehicles like we're going to send over the Bradley, we're going to send over the Striker, so that they can keep up with the tanks, and you work in conjunction, you you support one another uh, in maneuver and all sorts of really kind of you know mm-hmm. tactically uh, sound um, uh, you know doctrine. The right. Russians, <laughs> the Russians' military doctrine basically comes down to um, we're going to shoot a whole bunch of artillery at you, and then we're just going to overwhelm you with you know, guys with AK-47s. We're just going to throw bodies at you. And it's deeply cynical, and it's it's mm-hmm. just, it's a brutal form of warfare that it it, it reveals a serious lack of, um, uh, of um, putting importance on your soldiers' lives. It's right. very different from what we do. I just looked at, look at the two doctrines. You know, we put our soldiers in armored vehicles because we don't want them going back in body bags because we've got an electorate to answer to. The Russians mm-hmm. can throw tens and tens of thousands of people, uh, young men and soldiers, and have them just killed for nothing. Uh, and then, uh, and then you know, they don't have to answer to their people because they can always mm-hmm. violently put down any kind of uprising or, or protest movement. I mean, did, there was a there was a, a story this week, and I, I think it broke. Uh, bef- after I spoke to you on Wednesday, how? Right. Of hold a, on. Let's well, hold that. Knife. Hold that because we got to take a break. Sure. Because we're we're at the half hour. Yeah. So, let's take um, a break. We went a little bit over. Sure. Let's, let's, it's a good uh, hinge time. We'll be back right sure. after this with sure, more sure. Philip Itner. Follow Philip on Twitter at Philip Itner one L and Philip two T's and Itner. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parts Radio Program, Mega Worldwide now with 100 percent more. Johnny Million. Mm. We'll be back. Mm. This is Damian Perdue of Think Theory Radio, Saturdays at 6 p.m. You're listening to Hal Sparks' radio program, Mega Worldwide. Ah, I thought there was going to be like a new one every break. I was so excited. You want more, Hal? We'll give you more. Hal Sparks' radio program, Mega Worldwide, on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCBT, 820. Hoo-yah! Hoo-yah! 
Well, welcome back. So, um, uh, Philip was just, was starting into, I believe, about the the Wagner Mercs. Yeah. Story, and I have, and well, I have a little, well, a, a little it, aside it, as well it, too. But whatever. Yeah. It goes. It Go goes into what I was talking about prior to the break about the kind of difference in military doctrine and how mm-hmm. you know we in the West. We uh, prioritize keeping our soldiers alive because we have to answer to an electorate. The Russians don't yeah. necessarily have to do that. There's a there's a a, a Wagner soldier mercenary who escaped uh, from Russia and sought asylum in Norway. Uh, and great story about how he got away. Very harrowing uh, uh, thing, but he told stories about the Wagner group and how they, for example, treat their dead. So they he he reports right. that they uh, they are they're taking the dead the Wagner guys are and they are purposefully burying them in Ukraine and then saying to the families back in Russia he has deserted or he is missing we don't know if he's dead because if he's KIA if he's killed in action they have to pay the families a different amount of money than if he's just missing right. or if he or if he surrendered or something like that it's Jesus. deeply cynical and it just it just it's another example of the different mentality um, you know we we put our guys in armored fighting vehicles for a reason we don't want them we don't want them to die and if you want to be yeah. really cynical about the whole thing we don't want them to die because we don't want to lose the electorate but either way right. it's just the two sides conduct war the fact in that you very, have to very show, different ways. The fact that you have to show uh, your electorate that you care about the soldiers says a lot anyways. Even if you're the most cynical mm-hmm. person or like, I have to do this to keep my job, it's because the people care. And you have to recognize yeah. that under the system. Um, that, by the way, that number we were talking about, the 188, may or may not include the uh, current number of 41,449 um, of these contractor deaths. Not just Wagner, but yeah. anybody that they brought in. So it may be as high as two twenty, two you know two sixteen or something like that, depending on what number you're looking at. Just an enormous friggin' number. And what? And by the way, the other thing I was going to mention about declaring the the Wagner Group an international criminal organization is that it allows the FBI and its links to Interpol to do a lot of overseas work as well in helping mm-hmm. them. You know, investigate the money flow in and out of Wagner, and part of Wagner. And we can also seize assets. We can seize assets now. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we can do now. Yeah, right. And it doesn't have to be the an act of military the way a terrorism thing would go because it's just simply you know it's like money laundering, human trafficking. The guy who runs it, Prigozhin, is is a real. Yeah. Yeah, right. he's just uh, yeah, yeah, exactly he's, right. He's the exactly. worst of the worst. I mean, Prigozhin's like, a nasty piece of work. He's a real nasty yeah, piece of work. I agree, um, Flora. But um, I, the, I, oh, uh, Flora hates no. him too. She wanted to pipe in. Um, yeah, he's basically Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> with a career. He's not track. a big fan of Prigozhin either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, he. Uh, <laughs> I. I when so when I drove out last week to Donbass and drove back. It's about a 10-hour drive. Tells you how big this country is. It's about a 10-hour drive um, between Kiev and uh, Donbass. And so I had, we had a lot of time to talk, my colleague and I, who I kind of share costs with. Um, uh, and we set up kind of a, a professional uh, partnership. Um, right. You know, I'll, I'll pick up my gas this time, you buy it next time. Um, right. And so we had a lot of time to talk. That's 20 hours in the car together. 
Uh, and right. one of the things we talked about was this, that there's a growing concern um, by many who are Russia watchers that um, there are about four different uh, armed groups now within Russia that may contend for control. There is the Wagner group. Right. There is There are the Chechens under Kadyrov, so the Kadyrov fighters. There sure. are he thinks lo- that's a holy local, war. Local, he even said so this week. Who yeah. thinks it's a holy war? Yeah. Oh, well, well we'll talk about that. I'd like to talk about that in a second. Then there's there's the police and kind of regional uh, militias. When I say militias, I mean like there there is a paramilitary um, police force in, internally within Russia. They kind of control right. little towns and villages, and they have their own regions. That's a mm-hmm. third armed group. And then, of course, there's the actual army. The problem yeah. with that is when you start diversifying control of a bunch of armed men, it is entirely possible if the center cannot hold uh, the center of gravity, if the Kremlin can't keep the center of gravity, those guys mm-hmm. might start shooting at one another. Uh, and, um, and, and I, you know, I have said all along that I, I fear that, uh, the, the, the real crisis is not this war, but, but what happens when Russia le- loses it as roundly as I think they're about to. Right. So, um, but what was the other thing you, you brought up that I wanted to talk about briefly about, um, oh, the Holy War thing. Yeah. The yes. Holy War thing. Uh, yeah, no, the, they're, the Chechens are increasingly, um, uh, turning this into a, you know what they call a holy war. Not that the Orthodox Russian Church isn't doing the same thing, but our good friend Solovyev, uh, the the head propagandist for the Kremlin, was out on the front lines with a bunch of Chechen units, you know, shouting Allahu Akbar. So yeah. you know, the, not not that. Look, I mean, you know, that's that's par for the course if you're uh, if you're a Muslim soldier uh, or a fighter. Yeah. But for Sovol- for Sovolev to be doing that is, is to me, uh, pretty disingenuous and kind of, uh, you know, he's, cause he's such a, he's such a basically a white bigot. Christian nationalist and it's he's a bigot. a bigot. He's a bigot. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it was, and it that's was the weird nicest to see him out there about shouting a lot. Yeah, really, really. Um, oh, also, uh, by the way, Rep. Marge T, uh, you know, uh, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and all these like not one more dime to Ukraine. Um, there will be a point, whether it's in the next six weeks or so or two months from now, as things start, you know, continuing here, that video will start coming out and people like me will continue to post shots of, you know, uh, the, the, the Wagner group mercs that have Nazi symbols on them proudly and the Alo Akbar mm-hmm. yelling from them that this is the side that they're putting their lot in with as far as the Republicans yeah. that the Freedom Caucus right now. That's there. And the irony of it is it uh, can't be lost on anyone at this point. Um, it's 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 absurd that, you know, yeah. it, we go back to like the Reagan Republicans must be free, you know, we're be spinning in their graves, much less the Republicans that were dealing with post 9-11, never forget and all this stuff, because these are the same people who will gladly post those kind of images every 9-11 for weeks on either side. Let's, let's dip our bullets in pig pig fat. Right. Exactly. That same crowd is. That same dude is cheering on, um, you know, the and that, by the way, is part of the whole. Yeah, yeah, the Chechens. 
and are the same people, by the way, that are like cooking bacon on their gun, on their rifles. Whenever you see that, that cooking bacon on a rifle barrel, that's what that's related to. That's the that's the PG-13 version of that, by the way, just to be clear. Um, So uh, so, we got time for one more question before the break, because the show is I've got a question here from uh, LMAC1969. When is the lack of soldiers going to really be a big problem for the Russians? When are they going to run out of soldiers? Um, not for a while. Not for a while. Mm-hmm. They, they, that is one thing that they have. They have a lot of mm-hmm. people. Um, and this is historic as well. I mean, if you go back in the history of Russian warfare, this is what mm-hmm. they build their um, military doctrine on. They literally build their military doctrine on, we're going to have a bunch of cannons, we're going to hit the other side, and then we're just going to throw people at them. They did it right. as far back as the Napoleonic Wars. They did it, you know, they did it in the, in the well, they didn't do it in the, in the Russo-Japanese War because that was mostly naval. But, you know, they did it in, in the Crimean War. They did it in um, Napoleonic War. They did it in World War One, And they did it in World War Two. You know, the myth, the myth of the great Soviet victories uh, during the Second World War are right. mostly told by the Russians themselves. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of dysfunction during that war. Um, they're not good war fighters. The Russians, but despite what they would have you believe, they are not good war fighters um, because they don't train their people. They don't have proper discipline. Their doctrine is very heavy uh, on um, just throwing numbers at, at, at the enemy. So that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep throwing men. Uh, I, w- I was going to say young men, but it's increasingly now it's that's, you know, guys in their 40s are now being called up. Guys, guys who, you know, uh, even guys who fought in Afghanistan, I suspect at some point will be called mm-hmm. upon to, 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 you know, show up. Uh, it They're not going to run out of men to put in uniform, train for a couple of weeks, give an AK-47, or train them on how to fire mm-hmm. off a, a Grodd missile system, uh, and then they're going to throw them at the front. And um, mm-hmm. if they die, well, we've got we got more people out in Siberia that we can grab. So it's cynical. Um, by the way, it's disgusting, some, some, but- people were, some people were asking about my, my figures about the drop in Chinese population and the 300,000 number. Part of that is extrapolated from this, which is uh, – and this is just one example. This is three counties in, in uh, Tianjin, uh, Tongjiang, uh, Nanjiang, and Pingjiang. And they all experienced in one year a 22, a 30, and a 17% drop in population. This is not – Normal. This is not people moving out. This isn't teenagers and college kids leaving to move to the big city. It's unnecessary in that part of the country. And 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 this is indicative now because the thing is, the Chinese government, the CCP, has been able to like like tamp down the bad news for a long time. The problem is the regional governors have to tell the truth and they post it in such a way that you can actually look. Now, that's been that they started taking that stuff down because they realize people are doing the math now. But when you that in and of itself, that is a drop of 300,000 people just among three small counties in China, not even big counties. And this is indicative of some of a wave that went across. That's where the 300 million number comes from. And it is it makes sense, by the way, why you would have a zero covid full lockdown. If you were having something like that happening where you were dropping 10, 15, 20 percent of your population in every county, then you would absolutely 
have a draconian zero COVID lockdown with walls and soldiers and people in hazmat suits. That's how and you would be disinfecting every building. That's how you would react if you had that many dead. If you had 4000 dead in a country of one point four billion, you'd shrug it off like it was a bad (laughs) flu. You wouldn't even notice statistically. That's why that, you know, hence the distrust, but also. That's the root of that new calculation that's coming out. So I wanted to let people know that I was just plucking that number out of the air or buying it credulously off of, you know, some YouTube video I saw. They, I went back and looked and you can track those numbers um, and they can they're on those websites. And it is terrifying, the number of deaths that they're just shrugging off. And it's not normal. It is. Again, it's yep. Autocracies. Right. They have the ability to hide that. Are, able to, are able to do. Yep. That's right. Let's uh, let's take a break. We'll come back with uh, more more of your questions. Sure. And it's the House Park Radio program, Mega Worldwide. I am happy. You are happy. Let us be happy together. Whether the weather is cloudy or sunny, I will always be a funny honey bunny. I am lucky. You are lucky. Let us get lucky together. Whether the weather is cloudy or breezy, I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy. Because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do? And isn't it nice that the sky is so blue? And isn't it nice to say I love you? Chugga, chugga, choo, choo, woo, woo. I am smiling. You are smiling. Let us smile together. Whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning. I'll be right by your side in the morning. I'll make you breakfast in the morning. I hope that you like cereal. Yay. <laughs> Hooray. Well, uh, welcome back to the show. Yay. Here's um, the kitty. Uh, yes, yes, uh, there's Flora. That That's a happy ending in and of itself. Uh, by the way, we've got two foster kittens that are currently getting snipped as we speak. They're being broken um, as we oh uh, speak. And by the way, I use the phrase broken because you don't fix something that works. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying they make it unwork, and therefore they're, they're, the, the kittens are being broken today. Um, stop just saying that. It's yeah. Um, it bugs me. Um, now, uh, lots, uh, obviously lots going on and, and, and part of the, the, you know, we were discussing this during the break that there is a lot of, um, flack being thrown Germany's way and part of it, yeah. you know, uh, you know, and you were mentioning that Schultz is kind of an old school East German pro USSR kind of a dude. Is that what part of this might? Yeah, come kind from, of a think, red, kind of a pining for it, a red brigade, kind of militant, militant leftist, um, anti-American. Um, at least that's what he was back in the eighties. That, that's sure. where he, when he came out on the <laughs> when he came out on the um, uh, on the scene. Um, right. I don't know. I don't I really don't know. Like what a Jeremy Corbyn or a. You know, he's there. He's there, Jeremy Corbyn or mm-hmm. our Bernie Sanders to some degree, where there's this kind of like yeah. pining for it. Like it like the myth. If it had only had a couple more years, they were so close to actually being great. And then it was undermined by bloody capitalism. And if only and when it, if we leave it alone long enough, the USSR will reconstitute itself and become a socialist utopia like it was headed towards um it, it, that, yeah, that right. there does seem to be there does seem to be a weird that you know and i hear that when people refer to like um you know being against russia in its current form as red baiting or as a new red scare when really that was about creeping socialism more so you know had everything to do with the red flag of china as well then then it, you know and yeah. commu- you know communism as a political front in the world 
Russia's no longer red in that respect, hasn't been for a long time, arguably wasn't even near the end. It was just a, you know, a, a mix of like, you know, o- o- over the table and under the table, you know, crony capitalism, no, a, you know. Yeah, it was more like a criminal state. Well, it was a yes. criminal state at the end of the Soviet Union, uh, which is probably one of the reasons why Putin was so um, successful in turning in, in creating the modern kleptocracy. Right. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, but there's it's also, the perfect fish tank for him. Yeah, there's also concern. I, I have heard, look, <clears throat> many people are analyzing why Germany is doing what it is doing currently right and there are some who are saying you know there's a historical problem here and the the idea of germany and russia fighting one another and germans killing you know german made weapons killing russians you know evokes some really bad moments in history um i i have heard that argument i don't agree with that argument Um, but something is going on in germany where it comes to, I mean, like when this whole war started, everybody was like, we'll send anti-tank weapons. We'll send this. We'll send, Germany said, we'll send you 5,000 helmets. Right. You know, it was, it was completely, uh, they, they gave these anti-aircraft uh, um, uh, systems, the, uh, the, the Gephardt or the, it starts with a G. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, they had to give, the, they, they had to be dragged kicking and screaming to give anti-aircraft weapon systems. Um, Germany has been very, very slow to um, support Ukraine, and there's growing resentment here towards Germany because of it. Um, right. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with these leopards. Hopefully, hopefully, either the people who have stockpiles uh, will say we're not going to listen to Berlin, um, and then what does Berlin do? Uh, you know, Putin would love to see a divide grow within the Western alliance. Sure. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. The people are taking Germany dragging its feet as, as division amongst NATO and the allies, which is not the case at all. Everybody, but Germany is on board with a lot of these decisions. It's a little goofy. Um, uh, Germany's defense ministry. (laughs) Right. Pistorius, in his first TV interview as the new defense minister, said, and I quote, I'm not an expert on military strategy. I'm the defense minister. And uh, that, in and, yeah, that in and of itself. How does that word? That, that literally, that's a direct quote. That's obviously translated from German, where I'm sure it was even funnier, um, where, you know, somebody saying that with a German accent would be like uh, something you would hear, I think, in Dr. Strangelove. But, yeah. um yeah, that was that was a direct quote from Pistorius in this regard. And the the issue with the, again Germany is not that they aren't giving stuff because whatever they they could drag their feet over, but they're trying to deny other countries the ability to yeah. give that stuff out. Even though Germany hands their gear out to other countries doing arguably bad things um, in Africa, the Middle East, wherever that that they seem to not even. I, I, I don't know. There's never even a hair split about that. But in the case of Ukraine, it's specific. And I think you're I think ultimately you and I've discussed this many times. That the basis of that entire thing is that Ukraine, once it's stable and is allowed to thrive, is it's will be, be the biggest economic power. Yeah, it'll be a huge competitor yeah. to Germany and, and Germany's sort of control over the reins of the EU as a monetary function, especially through Deutsche Bank, which, again, I've said is the most Eisley of, of world finance. Um, their ability 
to control um, economics, both good and bad, through their coffers, you know, is, I mean, is one of the reasons why that scares them. Because yeah. if you, if, I, I, if you I have a, I have concerns that that's the case. I have yeah. very grave concerns that that's the case, and and I have also I just have general concerns over um, old uh, rivalries and old mm-hmm. agendas uh, on the European continent being played out here in Ukraine. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you could argue that the Brits are being as. Uh, supportive as they are because they love having a spoiler on the European continent to kind yeah. of keep the Europeans going at one another. So maybe well, yeah, they're, they're siding with Ukraine. Very, you, you, yeah. You right. Be, Could be because they want to drive a wedge between, you know, the, the European continent. Cynically, you could say that. I mean, the French have their interests. The mm-hmm. Germans have their, you know, the EU is a, is a, is comparatively a very new development. And, um, while the so far during this war, it's brought them in many ways closer together. Mm-hmm. You know, Europe is a very disarmonious place. They and yeah. no, due in no small part to the, this stretch Stars of territory. Stars being a split country. Who controls right. the isthmus between the Adriatic and, and, the, and the Black Sea? If you can, if you can remove this as a tension point on the European continent, it's going to go a long way towards long-standing peace in Europe. Um, which, you know, right now we kind of take for granted. But remember, there's centuries of conflict on this continent because everybody mm-hmm. lives together and nobody really likes one another. <laughs> I mean, right. people, you know, people will fight, fight on, you know, if you live on the other side of a river, it used to be that they would that that, that was good enough reason to go fight one another. Um, mm-hmm. That's the history of Europe. So, it's also the history of I mean, Africa, who, South America. It's also the uh, well, sure, the, but, like but because Asia, of the density. No, yeah, true. But because of the density of the population on this continent in particular, people yeah. are, are are just you know chomping at the bit to go at their neighbor, um, <laughs> and that's what Putin is. That's what Putin is hoping for. He yes, is hoping. Right. He is hoping that there will be dis- disharmony within the European Union, within the Allies, within the Transatlantic Alliance. Um, that's that. If there is a, if there's uh, some good news to have come out of the Ramstein. Uh, conference. It's that it looks like the 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 alliance is standing, st- you know, standing strong, strong. and standing together. Yeah. And even yeah. still, and, and, and by the way, and even are, in Germany look, holding back, they did back, agree, to send, yeah. a, they yeah, did agree to send an awful lot of weaponry after Ramstein. Yeah, they didn't yeah, get they, the, they, the leopards, but they they got a big pack, uh, package of weaponry. Yeah. Yeah, Germany seems to be, for, for the sake of whatever the future is, sending as much defensive stuff. Again, this is a, a, like an exaggeration of the helmet strategy, but they're sending Iris-T um, anti-aircraft stuff, that it, you know, infrared anti-aircraft stuff that's been very yeah. successful. They have 100% rate of, of, uh, being used in uh, Ukraine right now. Whatever they aim at, they shoot down. Um, that's not a small thing. They added another billion dollar package on top of it. The leopard part dragging their heels is 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 basically their fear that they're going to be part of uh, that. German tanks, you know, are going to be used, at, you know, in Russian propaganda um, against, yeah. you know, against well, Germany also, they're, they're, after the fact amongst the people, whether it falls or not. 
And because of their history, obviously, they're reluctant about being seen as an aggressor or belligerent. They don't want to be seen as a warmonger. They don't want to be seen as escalating the thing. But what everybody else is saying, uh, primarily the Ukrainians, but, you know, the Poles, the Brits, all the people who are really, you know, supporting Ukraine against Russia is mm-hmm. this is going to escalate no matter what. This is going to escalate. It's probably going to escalate this year uh, significantly. Um, y- 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 we're damned if we do. We're damned if we don't. At the end of the day, you have to pick a side. And once you pick that side, you've got to support it. And if you're not going to defend Ukraine against Russia, then, you know, either lead or get out of the way. Uh, right. And, and so- by the way, the, uh, the, uh, the members of we got we're done. But the members of the German parliament are criticizing Schultz about this, particularly Strzok yeah. Zimmerman, one of the, the defense committee chairs, you know, is saying history is yeah. looking at us and Germany has unfortunately just failed. At the very least, it'd be right to give our partners, mainly Poland, a green light. And they're going to stick to that. That's going to move God, in the next week. Yeah, God forbid, yeah, God forbid the, the, the casualties, uh, you know, skyrocket in Ukraine. And that's going to be, you know, a lot of on Germany's head, pointing right. the finger at Schultz in Berlin. So. Thanks, That's everybody. Right. Uh, thanks Thank so much. You, thanks, everybody. I got to stop talking because I got to sing it tonight. Uh, Nerd yes. Halen at the M. And then Make Tuesday, tonight, Nerd huh? Halen at the Yamaba. Thank you. Yeah, we got two big gigs uh, tonight and on Enjoy. Tuesday. So, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Thanks again, Philip Hittner. Thanks, right. Chicago. Thanks, Johnny we'll Million. Thank you, Chad. We'll see you soon. Okay. Love you guys. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.